Hello, and thank you for tuning in to the Phi Mastery Podcast, where our focus is on providing tools, resources, and insights that empower driven individuals to secure their own path to financial independence. My name is Peter Donisanu, and today we're going to talk about how to overcome anxiety as you prepare to file your returns this tax season. Now, if you're feeling anxious about calculating taxes owed and tend to procrastinate doing so, just know that you're not alone. Even so, delaying filing your returns could end up costing you if you wait too long. Now, the good news is that you can overcome your tax anxiety by following a simple process to complete your returns. That's why in today's episode, we'll discuss a stepwise process you can take before, during, and after you prepare your tax returns to ensure that you get them in on time and don't leave any money on the table. We'll also discuss a few things you can do if you need more time to file your returns and how to avoid underpayment penalties next year if you find yourself owing Uncle Sam from one year to the next. Overall, my hope is that by following these steps, you'll be encouraged to face this tax season with confidence and get the motivation you need to not only file your returns, but ensure that you're paying no more tax than necessary in the year ahead. So with that, let's dive into today's podcast. Is tax anxiety causing you to wait until the last minute to file your tax returns? If so, then you're in good company. Now, according to one survey, over 30% of respondents say they've waited until the tax filing deadline to prepare the returns last year. Now, if you're one of these individuals, there's likely many reasons why you've chosen not to file your tax returns yet. Maybe you anticipate owing money to the government this year and you're using every last moment to wait to pay Uncle Sam, or you might find the process to file your returns complicated and it just stresses you out. Or maybe you haven't found the time yet to sit down and complete your returns and you just need to put it on your to-do list. Whatever your case may be, you should know that the April 18 deadline to file your tax returns is just a few weeks away. And while it may seem like you have enough time to get the work done, in some instances, the longer you delay, the more it could cost you. Indeed, for many individuals, filing their tax returns is just a process of sitting in front of their computer, entering their tax document, documents into planning software and either choosing how they want to receive their tax refund or cutting a check to the IRS. And now the truth is that you can overcome the anxiety that comes with filing your returns by following a simple process to get the job done. Indeed, knowing what you should do before, during, and after you file could give you the motivation you need to finally complete your returns sooner rather than later. And at a basic level, using a stepwise approach to navigating your returns process may help you reduce anxiety levels and avoid some costly mistakes associated with procrastination and avoidance this tax season. So what should you do before you start to file your returns? Now, depending on your situation, one of the first things that you'll want to do is evaluate whether you should file your returns on your own or take the time of hiring a professional to help complete your returns. If you're still trying to determine which route you should take, be sure to take a moment to review our recent article where we discuss their criteria for evaluating when to go it alone and when to hire a tax pro. Either way, before you begin calculating your tax for the year, you'll likely want to make sure that you've gathered all of the proper documents to complete your tax return. Doing so will ensure that you've accurately accounted for all the income that you've received for the year and not miss out on potential tax penalties or opportunities down the road. And so how do you know whether you've gathered all the necessary information to complete your return? Well, start by creating a checklist of all the documents and forms needed to complete your tax return, such as your W-2s, your 1099s, and receipts for charitable donations, medical costs you've incurred throughout the year, 
year in other potential deductible expenses. And if you need help figuring out where to start with your checklist, take a moment to review last year's tax return. Indeed, by reviewing last year's return, you can identify the documents and the forms that were required to complete your return, and this can help you ensure that you're not overlooking any necessary paperwork. Now, another option for ensuring that you have all the documents necessary to file your returns is to log in to the online portals for your current and former employers, your financial institutions, and other organizations that may require to provide you tax documents such as W-2s, 1099s, mortgage statements, and interest statements. And finally, you can complete a tax organizer to ensure that you've gathered all of the necessary documentation to prepare your returns. And so what is a tax organizer? Well, a tax organizer is a tool that's used by tax professionals to help individuals gather and organize the information they need to prepare an accurate tax return. It typically includes a list of questions and prompts to help you identify and provide all the necessary information to complete your return, as well as a worksheet to organize and summarize the data. And when in doubt, completing your organizer can facilitate better communication between you and your tax professional, ensuring that all necessary information is obtained and questions are answered promptly. Either way, before you get started filing your returns, be sure to organize all your tax-related documents in a secure and easily accessible location, such as a digital, dedicated online vault or an online storage service. And if you're not sure how to go about this process, be sure to check out our Five Mastery January action items for tips on ideal storage locations for critical documents and how tax organizers work. Now, it's vital to note that reporting institutions can and do make errors in the tax documents they send you. These errors can be as simple as omitting a taxpayer ID number or something as costly as reporting the wrong cost basis on a 401k rollover that could potentially cost you thousands of dollars in taxes due. So what can you do if you discover an error in one of your tax documents? Well, the first thing to do is to contact the issuer of the tax document, such as your employer or the financial institution that sent you the tax form, and inform them of the error as soon as you discover it. Then explain the nature of the error and provide any supporting documentation if necessary. Next, request that the issuer provide a corrected tax document as soon as possible. Now, in most cases, they're required to provide a corrected form by January 31st, but given that we're past that deadline now, it likely will take a week or two to receive the updated document, so plan accordingly. That's why getting started on your taxes sooner rather than later can help you avoid the anxiety related to working against a very tight deadline when you don't have all the correct information in front of you. And when you do receive the corrected tax document, take a moment to review it and ensure that the error has been corrected and all other information is accurate. Now, keep in mind that if you discover an error on a tax document for a return that you've already filed, you have the option to file an amended tax return to correct the error. With that said, the amended return must be filed within three years from the original filing date or two years from the date the tax was paid. Overall, however, as you're working to get your tax document corrected, keep all records of communications with the document issuer regarding the error as well as copies of the original and corrected tax documents and any other related paperwork. These records will be necessary if the error is not corrected or if the IRS questions your return sometime down the road. And when in doubt or if the error is complex and you're just not sure how to proceed, you may need to seek the assistance of a tax professional or an accountant. And finally, before you begin the process of preparing your returns, you'll likely want to evaluate whether you should make a prior year contribution to an IRA before the tax filing deadline. Now, this approach makes the most sense if you want to take full advantage of a traditional IRA tax deduction for the prior year if you have the cash to do so. For example, if you didn't reach the annual contribution limit for the previous year or came into a windfall in 2023, such as a bonus or an inheritance, you have the option of using 
your current income to make a prior year IRA contribution. Now, it's critical to note that contribution limits and tax benefits associated with IRAs can vary dependent on several factors, such as your income level, your age, and your marital status. Therefore, carefully consider your specific situation to see if it makes sense to make a prior year IRA contribution. All right, now that you've organized your documents, gathered all the necessary data, and tied up loose ends on contributions, it's time to begin filing your returns. As you do, however, there are a few critical tax choices you'll likely need to consider as you begin filing your returns, including your filing status, understanding the difference between tax credits and deductions, knowing when to itemize, and being mindful of considerations for reporting cryptocurrency assets to the IRS. Now, determining your filing status is often as simple as evaluating whether you're single or married. If you're single and have no children, then your filing status can be rather straightforward. But what if you're unmarried, paid more than half the cost of keeping up your home for the year, and you have a qualifying person living with you, such as a dependent? Well, in this case, claiming the head of household filing status could make sense. So why would you choose this route? Well, Compared to the standard deduction of $13,850 for a single filer this year, an individual filing as head of household could qualify for the higher standard deduction of $20,800 so long as they meet the qualifying requirements. And for you married folks out there, more often than not, it makes sense to simply file married filing jointly. But how do you know when it makes sense to choose the married filing separately route? Well, there are a few situations where it might make sense to take the filing separately route. So let's take a look at a few examples. First, if one spouse has significant amount of itemized deductions, such as medical expenses or charitable debt, donations, these can only be claimed if they are exceed a certain threshold. So depending on your income level and unique situation, filing separately may result in a larger tax benefit in such instances. Next, if each spouse has separate finances and wants to be responsible only for their own tax liability, filing separately may work for them. This approach is common in situations where a couple is recently married or one spouse has significant tax liabilities or unpaid taxes from previous years. Now, being able to claim certain tax deductions or credits, such as the earned income tax credit or child and dependent care credit, may also be another reason to file separately. That's because these credits have income limits, and so in some situations, it may be more advantageous for married couples to split their financial situation to claim the credit rather than filing jointly and missing out on the benefit altogether. And finally, if one spouse has significant student loan payments and is enrolled in an income-driven repayment plan or a public service loan forgiveness program, filing separately can result in lower monthly payments and improved qualification criteria to receive loan forgiveness. Now, with all that said, in many cases, if you're married, filing jointly can result in lower tax liabilities overall, and it allows you to take advantage of certain tax deductions and credits that are not available to those who are filing separately. Either way, it's critical for you married couples out there to carefully consider your options and consult with a tax professional to determine the most advantageous filing status for your specific situation. Now, another critical concept to understand as you're filing your returns is the difference between a tax credit credit and a tax deduction. So what is a tax credit? Well, a tax credit is a dollar for dollar reduction of the amount of tax owed. So for example, if you owe $5,000 in taxes and are eligible for a $1,000 tax credit, your tax bill could be reduced to $4,000. What's more, tax credits can either be refundable or non-refundable. So for example, refundable tax credits can result in a refund if the credit exceeds the amount of tax owed, while a non-refundable tax credit can only reduce the amount of taxes 
taxes that are owed down to zero. Now, a tax deduction, on the other hand, reduces the amount of income that is subject to taxation. Deductions are subtracted from your gross income to arrive at your taxable income, which is then used to calculate the amount of tax owed. So for example, if you earned $150,000 and were eligible for a $20,800 deduction, your taxable income would be reduced to $129,200, which would result in a lower tax liability. Either way, when planning for future taxes, it's essential to consider both tax credits and deductions to determine the most effective tax strategy. This may involve maximizing deductions to reduce your taxable income, while also taking advantage of available tax credits to further reduce your tax liability. Indeed, understanding the difference between these two tax concepts can help you make informed decisions about your tax planning strategies and ultimately reduce your overall tax burden this return season. Now, another point to consider as you're preparing your returns is whether to itemize or to take the standard deduction for the year. And in the current environment, more often than not, it makes more sense to take the standard deduction than it is to itemize. Indeed, fewer and fewer individuals have itemized their deductions since the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act was passed in 2018. That's because this legislation provided a significant boost to the standard deduction, and in 2019, this figure nearly doubled for single filers from $6,500 to $12,000 and from $13,000 to $24,000 for married filers. And you know, this change in policy was so effective that the number of itemized deductions filed in the year after the change in legislation was introduced fell by nearly half as individuals chose the higher standard deduction. Now, while the standard deduction is generous, there are still several reasons why you may want to consider itemizing your deductions on your tax return this year. For example, there are certain deductions that are only available if you choose to itemize, such as charitable contributions, medical expenses, and state and local taxes. And if you don't itemize, you won't be able to take advantage of these deductions, even if it would result in a lower tax liability. Itemizing your deductions can also provide greater flexibility in your tax planning. For example, if you have a large number of deductible expenses in one year and few deductible expenses in another year, itemizing allows you to maximize your deductions in the year where you have the most expenses. And while the Tax Cut and Jobs Act limited the amount of state and local tax deductions that an individual can take if you live in a high tax state or have significant property taxes, your SALT deductions may still exceed the standard deduction, making it beneficial to itemize. Now, even if you believe that your standard deduction will be higher than the itemized deductions, it is still essential to consider itemizing your deductions if you're a high income earner, have had significant medical expenses recently, or have made charitable contributions or considerable donations in the past year. Indeed, itemizing can provide greater flexibility and access to certain deductions, potentially resulting in a lower tax liability. And finally, don't forget about your cryptocurrencies as you prepare to file your taxes this year. Now, this topic is especially salient if you've bought or sold cryptocurrencies because the IRS treats crypto as property for tax purposes, which means that gains or losses from buying, selling, or exchanging crypto are all taxable. Along these lines, it's critical to keep accurate records of all cryptocurrency transactions, including the date, the value, and the purpose of that transaction. And the reason being is that this information will be needed to calculate any capital gains or losses for the tax year. And when calculating gains or losses, you'll need to determine the cost basis of your cryptocurrency, which is the amount you paid for the crypto, including any fees or commissions, and the cost basis, which is used to calculate the capital gains 
when the cryptocurrency is sold. And if you think that your crypto is anonymous and you can avoid reporting your transactions for the year, think again. The IRS has recently introduced steep penalties for individuals who try to hide their cryptocurrency dealings, which more often than not can be discovered through a simple audit should you be subject to one. Either way, when in doubt, consult with your tax pro to evaluate the best path forward for reporting taxes on this speculative asset. And now that you've gone through the process of collecting your tax documents and making critical elections for your returns, there are likely a few loose ends that you should consider as you wrap up your return filings, including whether to make estimated payments or prepay next year's tax returns, evaluating your tax planning opportunities, or even deciding whether to file for an extension if you need more time to prepare your return. Now, if you've filed your returns and find that you owe Uncle Sam a considerable amount of money this year, you'll likely understand the sting of the IRS's underpayment penalty. And one way to avoid the same sting next year is to begin making estimated tax payments this year. Indeed, if you owed a substantial amount of money to the government this year, then you likely may need to make estimated quarterly tax payments if you anticipate the same circumstances that led to your high tax liability last year to persist this year. And generally speaking, you're required to make estimated quarterly tax payments if you expect to owe at least $1,000 in tax for the year after subtracting your withholdings and refundable credits, or you expect your withholdings and refundable credits to be less than 90% of the tax that you owed for the current year or 100% of the tax you owed in the previous year. If either of these conditions apply, then you likely must make estimated quarterly tax payments to avoid another underpayment penalty and interest. And in situations like these, it's important to note that you can simply adjust your withholding on your W-4 form to increase the amount of tax withheld from your paycheck throughout the year to ensure that you're paying enough tax to avoid having to make estimated quarterly tax payments in the first place. Now, another option for avoiding an underpayment penalty next year is by prepaying your tax liability for the coming year from a tax refund if you received one this year. Indeed, applying a tax refund to an anticipated tax liability for next year can have several benefits. For example, it can help you reduce your future tax liability by paying some of the taxes owed in advance. This approach can help you avoid coming up with a large lump sum payment should you have taxes due next year and also reduces your risk of owing additional penalties and interest. Applying a tax refund to an anticipated tax liability for the coming year can also simplify your tax planning. Indeed, by knowing in advance that you've already paid some of your taxes owed, you can more accurately plan your cash flows, budgeting, and financial decisions. And along these same lines, now may also be a great time to evaluate your tax planning opportunities for the coming year now that you have a better understanding of your current tax situation. So how do you go about the tax planning process? Well, to start, review the amount of taxes withheld from your paychecks or other income sources to ensure that you're paying no more or no less than needed based on your tax liability for the prior year. If necessary, adjust your withholdings by filing a new W-4 form with your employer to ensure that you're paying just the right amount of tax for the coming year. And if you're not sure how to adjust your withholdings, the IRS has a tool on their website that you can use to evaluate whether you're withholding the right amount of money, so be sure to check out that tool. And if you're not maximizing your retirement savings, now may be the right time to consider increasing your contributions to an employer-sponsored retirement plan, such as a 401k or 403b or a traditional IRA as a way to reduce your future taxable income. And if you participate in a high deductible health plan, now's a great time to review your current health savings account contributions and consider increasing this amount during your next 
benefit election cycle if you're not already maxing out your contributions. Doing so can help reduce taxable income and provide a tax-free source of funds for medical expenses down the road. And finally, reviewing your investment strategy is also a key component of tax planning. Here, you'll want to evaluate the kind of income produced by your investment portfolio to ensure that the right assets are located in the appropriate tax advantaged accounts and to evaluate ways to optimize income producing assets for your particular tax bracket. Now, if your anxiety has gotten the best of you and you've put off filing your returns for too long, you may finally come to realize that you need more time to prepare your returns. This situation may apply if you have incomplete tax paperwork or an unexpected life event, or you simply need more time to make a strategic tax decision. And as you begin filing your returns and you find yourself in this situation, before you stress out, consider filing for an extension. Indeed, if you need more time to file your federal income tax return, you can request an extension from the IRS by obtaining Form 4868 or the application for automatic extension. This form is available on the IRS website or can be attained from a tax professional, and you can submit the form electronically using the free file service online or by mailing a paper form in to the IRS. Now, once the request is processed, the IRS will grant an automatic six-month extension, moving the filing deadline from April to October. It's also important to note that the filing of an extension only extends the time to file the tax return itself, not the time to pay the taxes owed. That's why you should work with your tax filer to estimate the amount of taxes owed and make a payment by the original due date to avoid penalties and interest. Remember, if you failed to pay the full amount owed on time, then you may be subject to penalties and interest on the unpaid balance. Overall, if you're feeling anxious about filing your tax returns and tend to procrastinate, just know that you're not alone. Even so, delaying filing your taxes could end up costing you more in the long run than you had initially plan. But the good news is that you can overcome your tax anxiety by following a simple process to complete your returns. Here again, this approach may involve evaluating whether to file your taxes on your own or get some help, organizing your tax documents, understanding the difference between tax credits and deductions, and deciding whether to itemize or to take the standard deduction. And remember, once you've filed your returns, it's important to evaluate the tax planning opportunities for the coming year and make adjustments to your withholdings as necessary. And if you find that you need more time to file your returns, consider filing an extension to save yourself some headaches. Either way, don't let your tax anxiety get the best of you. Indeed, by taking control of your finances and filing your tax returns with confidence, you can take one step closer to becoming the master of your own financial independence journey. Well, that's it for now. Thank you for taking the time to listen to the Fi Mastery Podcast. To learn more about our research, visit us at FiMastery.com or email your questions to questions at FranklinMadisonAdvisors.com. Until next time, I'm Peter Donisanu, wishing you and yours abundant health and prosperity. Fi Mastery Podcast is brought to you by Franklin Madison Advisors, Inc. Franklin Madison Advisors is a registered investment advisor firm with its registration and principal place of business in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Registration of an investment advisor does not imply a certain level of skill or training. This commentary and forecast are limited to the dissemination of general information pertaining to Franklin Madison Advisors investment advisory services and general economic and market conditions and are subject to change without notice. The information shared today is not intended to be personal, legal, investment, or tax advice or a solicitation to buy or sell any security or engage in a particular investment strategy. For additional information about Franklin Madison Advisors, including fees and services, please contact Franklin Madison Advisors or refer to the investment advisor public disclosures.